as always, the United States of America. I am your host, Matt Folks, joined tonight by my co-host in New York City. Just all by his lonesome this evening. Just me and you tonight, Jason. How you doing, bud? Yeah, yeah. It's just a dynamic duo. And uh, apologies to everyone who uh, <laughs> is looking for 50% British accents on this show. Tonight is 100% U.S., 100% American. Yes, 100% this evening. Uh, Chris is still um, on his holiday. And uh, Jim is... We thought we was going to be watching uh, World Series this evening, but he's um, being he's handing out now candy to the wonderful children of the Houston, greater Houston area. And uh, we wish him luck with that. That's going to be quite the undertaking tonight. When was the last time you handed out candy or got candy, Jason? <laughs> I have to say there are a lot of drawbacks to having, you know, a, an apartment in New York City. But one of uh, the benefits, I suppose, is not having to uh, load up with uh gallons and gallons of candy and hand that out all night my my doorbell will be uh pretty quiet tonight for sure the worst part honestly is what either is left over or that that makes it into my mouth uh and then the repercussions of that on my weight <laughs> yeah and something that you know some folks may not um experience where that where they live which um i haven't seen um happen really outside of, of New York is you'll see, uh, you know, kids don't really go up and down the, um, uh, the stairs and, you know, trick or treat to different, you know, their neighbors in their apartment buildings, but they may walk down the, the street and, and stop into stores and shops and trick or treat uh, uh, at okay. actual stores or, or sometimes, you know, have their parents take them out to kind of some of the neighborhoods that have like kind of still have, you, you get a little bit of that in New York where there are homes and sure. Those those neighborhoods get hit pretty hard. When I lived out in Ridgewood, Queens, you know, all the kids would come from all the other surrounding neighborhoods, yeah. and all just clean me out, man. By hundreds all, and hundreds of kids. Oh, just nonstop, and I would every hour have to run out to like CVS to get more candy. It was, it was absurd. <laughs> yeah, you but don't want to be the guy that doesn't have any when they come up, because then you oh, get the uh, the toilet paper. <laughs> These New York City kids, man, they will, they'll, you, you, you're lucky if, if you still have your home uh, if, if they show up and you're out of candy. As you come out, your car is on, uh, on bricks. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome, dude. Well, uh, like I said, uh, best wishes to those boys, uh, and we can't wait for them to join us again soon. Uh, in the Leicester City world, um, it was tricks and treats all over the place, uh, wrapping it in all intertwining on this wonderful Halloween evening. And, and apologies, guys, for not getting out the normal pod. Life got in the way for us. We had all sorts of uh, stuff going on yesterday. So happy to be with you on this Halloween evening. Literally, dude, I, I think like it's a perfect analogy for kind of what the match was on Saturday. It was uh, the poppy match is now the memorial match. Um, and it's so the, the stadium looked beautiful beforehand. They had a wonderful poppy display, which has become, you know, a common thing for Leicester and the KP. It always looks beautiful on Remembrance Day. And um, I, you know, the, the only the only downside to the whole thing was and the only reason that you wouldn't know that it was a special day was by the outfit choices of Pep Guardiola, who dressed like a you know divorced dad. So that was that was pretty disappointing to see, Jason. Yeah, I just I just don't get the guy, man. Like, have a little bit of respect for for the occasion. He just constantly does that. 
uh, did the same when we played them, you know, at Wembley. Um, this is a Remembrance Day fixture. Um, it's something that, you know, the Leicester takes a lot of, of care in planning and, and, and the club really tried to, to mark the occasion, um, um, you know, solemnly and, and with the respect that, that it deserves. Um, you know, a lot of people gave up their lives during, you know, world wars to, you know, keep, keep, keep the world safe. And um, it was a difficult time for everyone. And I think the, the least we can do is kind of dress for, dress the part for the occasion. Um, and, you know, not trying to, you know, make be bitter and be one of one of those guys too but it's also very special and kind of and solemn weekend uh at Leicester because this week because the uh memorial oh the excuse me the uh, remembrance day fixture was moved up because of the world cup this is also the weekend that you know we pay our respects and we remember uh Kun Vishai who who passed four years ago um that uh, last week too so um I think the club always does a really good and, and classy job of um, uh, remembering um, those who lost their lives, um, both in, you know, the horrible wars that were fought on the continent um, and then, um, the, you know, for the tragedy that happened outside our uh, our stadium. And there was people who were very special to us and, and will always remain very special to us. And, um, you know, it's always tricky to, you know, strike the right balance there. but. Um, it's something that I think um, our club does exceptionally well. Absolutely right, man. And and it was a very special weekend, and we saw, you know, tributes from you name it the, um, this week. Whether it was former players coming back to visit the club and pay their respects, man, to see, you know, just it's still just such a hard thing, and you know, it, and and the fact that when you hear that it was four years ago, that makes it even crazier, dude. Yeah. Um, it kind of still feels like it was just yesterday or maybe we were just kind of one or two anniversaries removed, but, um, you know, couldn't be shy is still such a part of, of the club and, and still so loved by so many, uh, in and around the club. Uh, you know, a lot of us certainly feel like, he is a family member in a way. And I remember that the night that it happened, couldn't believe that what was what I was hearing and kind of just kind of staying up and trying to kind of get the latest and talking to people, you know, uh, in Leicester and in the club and um, and everybody, we were all kind of doing the same thing um, and uh, just all just trying to see, you know, if there was any kind of good news that, that would come out of it. Um, and, you know, everyone, um, you know, when, when we heard what, what, what actually, you know, happened, um, there's the outpouring of, of, of grief, not just, um, amongst Leicester fans, but football fans, you know, um, around the world, I think really identified with, um, couldn't be shy and, and what he had built at the club and, and how special the bond was between um, him and, and, and the supporters and the players. And, you know, it really was, you know, one big family and most supporters hate their owner of their club. And it was yeah. the complete opposite. We're very lucky to have um, him as the owner and, uh, you know, they're still, uh, if you're a newer fan, um, 
it's it's definitely worth kind of reading up about him and and reading about the state of of, of the club from the early 2000s and how long it took um, until uh, you know Vichai stepped in to to take over and and how he cleared the debts and how it kind of changed the fortunes of not just the club but you know the city as well with all the the generous donations that he made around the city to a lot of very worthy causes. Um, So there was really just something special, something really truly romantic. And um, the good thing out of all this, I guess, is that, you know, it'll just, it'll always remain that way. And I think we'll, we'll always have these just incredible memories and, and triumphs that, that we couldn't, have dreamed were possible winning the league, winning the FA Cup, just in a matter of, you know, a few years. And, um, and, you know, we'll always be able to look back at, you know, his time at at Leicester and really kind of um, know that it was, it was something special and it was something so unique to Leicester City Football Club, I think, which makes it even better. Man, so well said, and and I could couldn't agree more. And another cool thing about this year, you know, the, with the actual memorial statue being completed, um, which is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it made it just that much more special. I feel, you know, just to have the boss, his figure, his presence there, you know, physically is it, it's really such a incredible piece of art and. Uh, just so well done as everything is with this club, man. It's really cool. Yeah, well, we, I guess we've seen other uh, football statues uh, be unveiled in the last few <laughs> years, and certainly, um, you know, it, it, it's hit, you know, hit or miss there, and and so they they got his likeness down very very well, and um, they did. So definitely appreciate that. And um, one thing that's that I'd like to do that I haven't had a chance to do yet is to spend a little time in the Memorial Garden. So um, I'm hoping to do that this season uh, when I head up to Leicester and, you know, just spend a little time there and, and reflect and, 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 and say thank you also um, Absolutely. to the man for, for what he did for the club. For sure. And I think um, as as time goes on and events happen and it just becomes so much more evident how special of a man he was and the the way that he ran, you know, his club and and took care of the supporters and did things that whether it's the donuts or the the beer or, you know, the, the give like for the traveling fans that would get the scarves or the hats or the flags or the clappers. I mean, you just go down the list and there's clubs aren't run like this. Yeah. And one thing that I would kind of recommend if someone doesn't have, you know, a lot of time to kind of read up about everything is uh, on New York Foxes, we shared a piece that, that um, I think the greatest genius of our time, David Squires uh, from the Guardian put together, um, you know, just uh, he always just nails it um, in terms of just striking the right balance between uh, being serious, um, being incredibly witty and funny. Um, and, and he really, really got it right um, when he did his, I guess, comic, as you would uh, maybe call it, uh, about um, uh be shy um, after after the, the the crash, and um, it was just like a really great kind of 
you know, it was a lot of us kind of were feeling numb, didn't really know how, how to react. And um, he, he struck a really great balance and, um, and there were some, some of the cells are incredibly hilarious, but he, he gets, gets the tone really, really right. And um, I, I recommend just, um, you know, anyone who, who just wants to see a really great piece about, about Vishai, um, really right in, in the wake of the tragedy, um, look up what, what David Squires at The Guardian put together for him. We, we just shared it um, last week on, on, on New York Fox's uh, Twitter. It's, it's uh, every year I go back to that and every year it kind of hits me with, with all the same emotions. And uh, every year I, I appreciate what, what he did, um, uh, what Vishai did, and, but also how, how David Squires kind of summed it all up so, so perfectly. Um, I appreciate it even more. So definitely go check that out, folks. Thank you for sharing that again, because it was, yeah, I'd, I, it's one of those things that every time you see it, it just, it, it makes you, anything that can, you know, make you smile about something that, Terrific. Um, it really that kind of makes everything really cool. And uh, to, to to have that power. Yeah. Shout out to Mr. Squires, because that's a really unique skill to have. Um, moving on from that man to the actual match itself. Uh, we come in versus Man City and uh, everybody in the world was ready for them to blow us out of the water. And right off the bat, we see some crazy lineup changes. Uh, I can't be the only one that did like a triple quadruple take when I saw Cag's name on that lineup sheet. Uh, Jason, what? What? That was, yeah, that threw me for a loop, man, because I know um, it cannot be easy to be shut out of a lineup for that long and then suddenly get thrown in to face Man City with or without Erling Haaland. I mean, that is. Um, that is not an easy thing for, for anyone to do. I don't care what level of footballer you are. If you haven't been in, you haven't played a league game all season, and now we're into, you know, the, the very end of October, um, and you have to just get out there and play against Man City. Uh, that was, uh, you know, it was a roll of the dice. It was certainly a, certainly a gamble by, uh, by Mr. Rogers insanity just insanity and if you know you're a conspiracy thinker you can dive into 10 different ways here but we are not that kind of podcast so we're going to avoid from that and just think that rogers had a complete stroke of you know what i forgot about this turkish national team captain center back and i'm going to insert him into the squad uh come out with a pretty defensive lineup there with it uh yeah. Quite uh, very, very defensive, frankly. Look like a, a giant metal shield. Um, your thoughts on the lineup? Yeah, you know, there was uh, a lot of back and forth. I was just hearing from, from fans and, and also reading other people writing. Um, just really worried that we would show up with a back five and kind of, you know, sit back and and um, and pray. Uh, but I think back to that 5-2 win that we had, you know, during COVID. And yeah. we went out there with a 5-4-1 and, you know, with a very similar group of players and played, just absolutely smoked them. So, yep. um, and I, I, with- I caught myself thinking of the 
alternate what was it a year ago when was the four when we came out and we went right at them and they put four goals on our ass like in yeah, five yes. seconds so <laughs> i was doing the exact opposite yeah so i'm i i, I was okay with, with playing back five I was, I was certainly really curious to see how how soyonchu would would play i think that was the um the, the, certainly that's the player that caught all of our attention. We all know that Vardy's had a lot of success against Man City and um, and definitely felt like Pep was doing his pepness this week and kind of just dangling out that Holland may play, may not play, <laughs> you know, because he's petrified of, of Leicester City. But, um, yeah, I mean... Kexing great when he was out there, man. Really did. He really did. And and um, you know, Jordan Jordan had made a good point. Um, you know, just wondering if, you know, Evans at his age would have had the the uh, you know, coming off an injury would have been able to play 90 minutes and focus um and play with the intensity that was required to um, you know, against Man City. You just cannot switch off against these guys. Right. And you know, credit to to Cags, man. He he went out there. He didn't, didn't play all ninety, but played a good chunk of that game. And I thought he was like really switched on, and he he played well. And there's um this there we're so much better organized now at the back, and there's this <laughs> kind of renewed commitment to defending, and and you're seeing like players like Bob Fast and. And Daniel and Marty, and like when they make defensive plays, like just how yeah. freaking pumped up they get about it. And listen, and, Jason, I think yeah. we can't be naive here. And the only thing that's changed in this whole for in this whole you know algorithm has been Wout Foss, and it's been you know whether you call it confidence, call it um, just you know gaining his voice in the training room whatever the hell it is the dude has injected something into that defense and our defenders look like they're having fun playing defense again yeah i love that stuff and i love when defenders just love defending and castagna castagna made it had had a really good bit in in his uh kind of you know official club interview this week or i think it was in a club interview and he's talking about foss and uh, there was a play where, you know, Fats maybe made a tackle that he didn't have to. Maybe he could have let the ball run out, but he, he went and did it, and the crowd erupted. And Castagna, like, welcome, like, what did you just do that? Just, you know, to get a reaction from the crowd. And he was like, yeah, you know, I love that. You know, we feel <laughs> yeah. this. Hell yeah. And we've been missing that kind of character, man, for, for a while. He get, The guy gets it. No, he, he really does. gets it. And uh, I love watching him play. And dude, look at our look. You you make an amazing point. Like those kind of defensive characters, you know, go back as far as Walshie. But I mean, we can we can talk about players like, you know, Marcin Wazaleski. We can talk about players like Robert Huth, Wes yeah. Morgan. Like we've always loved guys that are ready to swing an elbow or two. And in the in the time, can you imagine? Can you freaking imagine Wazzle, Wazzle or uh, Huth in VAR era? Like, <laughs> honestly, would they even be able to play, dude? They Can you imagine? They, would play. It, it, it wouldn't work. But, you know, like, Foss does a really good job of towing that line. And, you know, Amarty likes to play with a little bit of, a, of an edge. If you remember, like, when he had 
De Bruyne on the ground crying was that last <laughs> season. So, like, Amari loves that stuff, too. So, um, he's bringing it out of him. And I think also what we're seeing, um, I think, which is really important, is, you know, Danny Ward could have really been down in the dumps after the start to this season. And um, I, he may have been carrying an injury. You know, I, I know he was kind of hurt um, mm-hmm. it during preseason. But, you know, after the start that he had, you you wouldn't be able, you wouldn't blame him if if he was a little down and and his morale wasn't very high. I mean, the, the aside even on board, this podcast we had people. You know, I mean, I've tried my best to defend him, but I know there there's if you go back in the archives, you're going to find me. You know, really starting to question his play and stuff. And you, yeah, dude, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. But, but you know, Foss shows up, and you know the Bournemouth game was tough. For, for everyone, but he's kind of like injected confidence, it seems. And maybe some of this has to do with the new set piece coach as well. But the, the, the back line is playing with kind of confidence that we haven't seen before. And we're getting to see Ward, you know, play at his best yeah. and really kind of command the defense and command his box. And He's got to feel good as a uh, as a defender when you've got your keeper behind you, stopping shots, coming out, claiming crosses, and kind of and and, and now he's you know just um, kind of keyed in into the game and 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 um, asserting himself as as the keeper and as the kind of leader um, of of the defense, and it's it's great to see. And look, the proof is in the pudding. You know, we're getting clean sheets. Obviously, no, some of those run against the best opposition, but they're still clean sheets and keep Man City from scoring in uh, open play. Yeah, honestly, it, it, you talk about Danny, especially, dude. And I think we were guilty of it. The world was guilty of it. You know, the memes were guilty of it. But playing goalkeeper in the fucking Premier League is a big deal, guys. And start stepping into a position that has been held by the same guy for 10 plus years is another huge damn deal guys the shadow that that man was trying to get out from under and stepping into this job with a back line that was changing all the time and who knew what was going on guys honestly if you look at where we are in the season and how many games there are left in the season Maybe it's taken him this while, this long to get into comfort zone with his fellow teammates and everything and the position, Jason. Like, we asked a lot of this dude. Yeah, and, and I wonder if it's a coincidence that, that Voss um, steps in. And he's a player who did not play under Casper, right? Doesn't have that history while the rest of the back line does. And he's not attached to the old way of doing things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? Fast has his ideas about how he wants to be as a defender um, and without having to worry about the, sh- the, the shadow or, you know, the legacy that, that Casper Schmeichel left. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that makes things easier for, for Danny Ward at goal. That's a great point. Um, yeah. So Danny's <laughs> long may continue, man. It's, it's great to see some confidence and, the man had a great match again against one of the most dangerous offensive threats in all of soccer. So uh, obviously we've said it again. 
yes, the alien was not playing. Holland was not there, but it's still Man City. And uh, in the fact that he he played as well as he did was great. And we're, you can't count no keeper on earth. I don't care if you have a nine foot, you know, freak athlete somewhere that we've never even seen before. No one was stopping that free kick. That's that's just Kate. That's what you get with KDB, man. And there's a reason that he is who he is. Yeah, well, Ward made a lot of other good saves. Uh, and then there was that one play where um, Alvarez was offside and Ward had no way of knowing and still had to stop him. Right, uh, yeah. One-on-one. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a beautiful free kick on... I, I mean, I still need to see another few replays of it, but it, it just seemed like it might have been a, a bit of a soft foul also. So that, oh. that didn't do, do us any favors there either. No, one one replay is all you'll need, and you'll see it was a pretty soft call. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah. It's Man City, guys. That's the kind of shit that they get, and uh, you got to be ready oh. for that. So Yeah, it, in, the, in the first half, the, the, the ref, I thought, was doing a really good job of not falling for Grealish's bullshit. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, yeah. There were a few plays in, in our in our penalty area that he just he wasn't giving Grealish the benefit of the doubt, and he made the right calls there. But there's only so you know when the guy is that involved and, and you know keeps going down. There's only so many times until he's going to get the call, and hell, he got the call. Uh, Mendy, you know, still really wasn't into the game yet. I um, mean, he had just come on as a sub, and you know, it took a moment of of wizardry. To uh, for for Man City to get their goal against us. Yep, and if you look at their matches this year, guys, like not a lot of teams can say that. Uh, real quick before we move on to the rest of the lineup, uh, it's crazy to me. But if you look, guys, with Soyuncu and Foss now, the back line is becoming a Pantene Pro V ad. So maybe we could see a new shirt sponsor next year with the amazing hair that we have going on there. Um, uh, I think that's a good idea. We could use some more. Um, corporate uh partnerships yes um especially Injection you know money. W- while we're dealing with this you know financial fair play situation that might might help us in the january transfer window so um yeah if, if anyone from the club is listening maybe you know pantene could be pantene. Uh, maybe a little vidal sassoon vidal sassoon yeah guys dove i mean i could see wild faust in a dove ad right now and it would be incredible so uh kieran deuceberry hall and yuri make up the midfield uh your thoughts on kieran uh yuri that oh he almost it was real close yuri turns in another great performance in my opinion uh, yeah, I don't know about this Kieran guy, but that Kieran in Dewsbury Hall kid is, uh, is uh, <laughs> had a few beers this evening. <laughs> Sorry, I do. The, we all, we all, we all do it. It's just a matter of, you know, if, if someone else hears it and calls us out, because I know I've done it a million times. But um, yeah, you know, it was uh, KDH is, has been running his legs off. I think he's. I don't know if he's just gotten, you know, how many more ninety-minute games he had. Uh, left so i i see the sub you know um some people were wondering you know should samari have been the, the sub instead of mendy um you know a little unfair and he had that foul against him but you know yuri ben you can't uh, i can't knock the way he's been playing and the way he's been approaching um the games this year certainly knowing that um he may not have much more time, you know, at, at the club. 
he's taken the armband and, and worn it, um, you know, a bunch of times this season. And, and I think he's been a leader. Um, you know, it took um, Man City a, a moment of magic to to get their goal against us. And, and damn, Yuri almost had his um, in, in the second half when he hit that volley. I mean, he just hit it right in the screws. And so much movement. Ederson was so light, even though it was right down, wound up down the middle, but the ball had so much movement. And it was hit so ferociously. Uh, Ederson was, was, I think, very lucky to get a hand on that. And if, if Yuri would have done that two weeks in a row, I mean, the, the, the roof would have blown off the stadium. I, yeah, the thunder bastard, I think Jordan called it. Like, it's it's one of those things where I saw it happening and it was like, after Ederson makes the save, it's like, oh, yeah, he's Ederson. That's right. Because the amount of keepers that can make that save, are it's a very short list. Well, we've seen Yuri do it a bunch of times now. And I think once we saw that ball drop to his foot, I think we all thought that. There was a there was a chance there, and I, I watched some of the the highlights, and it was a great angle from uh, from the dugouts. And as soon as that ball was dropping to to Yuri's foot, Rogers had his hands up in the air, and you know that trademark finger po- double finger point, and uh, and it just wasn't to be. It was oh, he was so close. Yeah, he was. <laughs> disappointing but man if he's in that form where he's hitting those shots guys it again we're not going to play Ederson you know every Saturday so keep let's keep this up keep the momentum up I hate to be the podcast it's like moral victories but if there ever was one for for a match it, it was this one because honestly guys it was so it was there it was there for us yeah, I mean, I think we deserved something out of that game. Uh, Man City didn't have very many clear chances. They were snatching at stuff. We had them on the ropes for a while at the end. Just kind of wonder if maybe we should have made some of those changes, those attacking changes a little sooner rather than wait until like the 70th minute or so. Um, but again, there's not a whole lot to criticize there. It's tough to have moral victories when you look at the table and see that we're in a relegation zone. But you know what? I think this is a loss that um, the players will not feel too down about and, and know, like, if we can go toe-to-toe with Man City and play this kind of rope-a-dope style against them and, and not give them any chances and, and just have them, you know, praying for the final whistle at the end, then, damn, we can go to Everton, get a point. We'll go to freaking West Ham and get a point out of them. At least we'll get three points out of, you know, out of Everton, it may be better than a draw at West Ham too. Why not? You know, you can if you can play like this against Man City, then, then why the hell can't you get a win against freaking Everton? That's what I was thinking. You know, here in uh, San Diego, the match was on at four thirty, and my wife and I were sitting on the couch watching it. And I said to her, "It's like if this team." plays Brentford at the beginning of the year. If this team, you know, plays any of the matches at the beginning of the year, we are nowhere near our position on the table right now. I a hundred percent agree. I think you, I think you're absolutely right. This is like a completely different team than what we saw in the beginning of the season. This is a team that's got, that's rediscovered a bit of fight inside them. Yeah. Um, that's, Some swag, uh, man. Yeah. Not, you know, not afraid of a little bit of a setback. Um, and this is a team that, like, when when 
things are going well, they're going to be a lot more ruthless, but they're also like, you know, not trying to just football their way out of everything. And, and, you know, the Leeds game was a good example of sometimes, you know, it's just going to be a shitty night and a shitty game. And you're just going to have to be the team that, that makes the breaks happen. And um, so they're, they're starting to put in, you know, different types of performances that are effective. And uh, I'm really, you know, gives me a lot of confidence going into these, you know, last few games before the World Cup break. Same here, dude. And I think like when you when you sit and think about really what the expectations of this team were, um, where the team is uh, or was a few weeks ago, you can't help but think about what the players are thinking about when every day they are also expecting for their manager to be fired and where their heads were at as far as listening to Brendan's instruction um, as far as like buying into Brendan's program when they're everyone in the media in the world is saying that he's going to be fired at any minute. Uh, you can't help but think that that was somehow infiltrating their training, their mental state, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, that team, that team on Saturday looked like a team that had bought in. That team looked like a team that had bought into the system and, and were playing uh, a, a system that that looked cohesive, that looked like a that was actually game planned. I mean, do you do you get the same feeling? Yeah, I think that there's one thing that we can say about the players is that they've they've had Rogers back. Um, I don't think he's lost the dressing room, and um, the players have have said it publicly, um, and you know. Danny Simpson and uh, on on the uh, Big Strong Lester Boys podcast. Shout out to those guys. He, Shout uh, out to those guys. What a guest, gentlemen. What <laughs> a guest. And uh, he was talking about being in the um, you know in the box watching. Uh, and and Ricardo was there injured, and Ricardo telling him like, you know, we don't want Rogers to to go. And the players still want to play for him, and. Um, I think we all have to kind of, you know, see and, you know, um, accept the, what the, what the players want and, um, and do whatever we can to, to make the best out of this and kind of get behind um, the team because we, we can't afford to, to, to give up points um, that we're, that we're supposed to win at, at, at this time of the season. It's, it's too, too important where we are on the table. So um it you know looks like we're gonna ride it out with Rogers. So, um, you know, he's said and done things that that have not have rightfully not gone down well with with the fan base. I think he's starting to he's starting to kind of try to make amends without saying it. I think he was really positive about the fans and yeah. um, and knows that he, he he needs the fans on um, on his side just as much as he needs the players on his side. Um, so hopefully we start to see a kind of a change. And I think we are seeing a bit of a change in kind of um, the feeling um, around the club. And um, I just hope that um, this World Cup break doesn't come too soon and kind of kill any momentum. Um, so uh, that remains to be seen. We still have a few games to go until that World Cup break starts. Uh, really hope that that we you know, kind of, kind of close out 
especially these these next two league games. And if we you know, should do the business against Newport in the cup, but you know we have a little bit of history there, so we know we can't take that game for granted. For, for sure. And um, you know, I think too, a lot of people when they're calling for Rogers' job, it's like, you know. Top is in a position where he didn't allow him to spend. He didn't give him the tools to spend. So he's probably like, yeah, dude, sorry. You know, I, that's why he probably gave him a lot longer rope than we all thought that he should or could, because he knew how he was tying his hands as a manager by not allowing him to spend. And (laughs) I don't know. I, I'm thinking, I'm in positive mode right now because I'm like, dude, like, let's we've got some results like Saturday you sure it was a loss but you know it is what it is and we're still in relegation zone but it does feel different right now and maybe the confidence was well placed and and is and when you hear comments like Ricardo Pereira was it said that thanks to the shout out big strong less the boys podcast for getting that out of Danny Simpson that's that's so insightful um into the state of the locker room and in turn should be with that knowledge in mind, that should be the state of the fans. If, if that is where the player's mind is, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, you know, there's something to be said about player power, right? We, we all um, bemoan it when, when they, when the stories are that players are trying to get a manager out, but I guess yeah, we all love true, it when they're, true. but, uh, but you know, <laughs> it is good point. to, it is good to see that they are on the same page. Um, and, um, yeah, look, this is where we are right now. Um, you know, it did seem like Rogers wanted out, but you know, I think he also realizes, you know, hey, we all need to make the best of this. And um, there, he he's singing a different tune. Um, the 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 players are 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 going out there and, and playing a lot better. We've got you know um, the, the Danny Ward that we were hoping we would have. Um, Bob Fast has been, well, he's been a revelation. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying he's the best defender in the world just yet, but I'm also not not, not saying not. Yeah. that he is. But um, maybe we surprise some folks and do a little maybe business in January. We don't really have a history of that, but I can also understand why we were kind of a little bit more reluctant to make any big moves with a Fofana sale happening as late as it did in the window um, and not having a uh, our head of recruitment in at that time. Now we finally got, have our guy, so um, <laughs> that may not go down very well with, with him. If it's like, actually, we spent our whole budget for the year in the summer before you got here. So why don't you sit around and just scout players and, you know, just twiddle your thumbs. Uh, until you, the U18s look. Yeah. 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 Well, I, whatever it is, guys, we are where we are. Um, I guess finishing up Harvey and uh, matters there. They, the, and Vards completed that starting your thoughts on them. Uh, not the Vards that we're used to against man city, really, I guess. Yeah, you know, he it was a tough one. We sat back so deep, he wasn't really seeing much of the ball. Um, and he didn't have a lot of support. You know, matters is matters. I think he's just always going to be a handful. Um, he's, you know, didn't have his um, best evening against Leeds, but he um, he's playing well. He's having a good season. And I guess each week, I think he makes a case 
that he should be on the World Cup squad. Uh, Barnes was trying to make a lot happen. There were sometimes maybe he could have zigged when he zagged or passed when he passed shot. shot. He, was yeah. still da- he was still dangerous, and he still had that pace and that directness to be an outlet. Uh, and I think once we had the um, the um, when Daka and Ianacho were on together, they were a complete handful. Um, yeah. The way they were pressing, um, the way uh, they were fighting to win balls, um, and you know, Iannaccio had those chances where you just, we've seen it before where it looks like he's kind of just like, just, uh, I don't know, just like. We've seen it before against Man City, dude. Yeah, and then (laughs) like it looks like he just like screws up a dribble and the ball's so far behind him, but he can just take that left foot and just crush the ball and thought that was going to happen. He had a couple chances. He just couldn't get him to fall. I played a peach of a, of a cross into Daka. Daka got a head on it. Maybe he could have chested it down and taken it <laughs> off there. But it all happened so quickly. But, oh, damn, they looked like they were close to getting one. Yeah. Yeah, man. And if those if we get some sort of connection there, oh, boy, it's going to be beautiful. Um, so, yeah, overall, guys, like, it is what it is. Uh, I think were it not for Liverpool shitting down their leg two weeks in a row, we'd be in a, in a different position, uh, you know, in the table right now, but whatever's going on at Anfield has now screwed us two weeks in a row with results (laughs) against teams that we're fighting around against in the bottom. So had it not been for that, we were, we'd be sitting 17th, but we are now into that bottom three which sucks but i'm feeling confident heading into this weekend dude um everton yeah uh my message to the team would be pretty simple i would tell them you just kept man city out of your net and open play for 90 minutes you're not going to go to everton now and let Damari fucking Gray score against you. <laughs> yes. All right. Like, yeah. You're not going to be doing. You're not going to like keep KDH and and Grealish and Rodri and Bernardo Silva out of your goal just to go to Everton and see. I don't know, pick a name out of the hat. Any any one of that starting eleven go and and score against you. Just you're just not going to do that. Yeah. You just can't do that. No, no, nah, man. And and no one wants to see, you know, fucking Jordan Pickford and his his antics. Nobody wants to see that. So let's come on. I, I, listen, Pickford, has, you know, seemed like he had a really good game against Fulham. So he's going to he's always going to be a tough one to, to get one pass. But, you know, the other 10 players are 10 against theirs. I mean, you. you <laughs> Look, I know it's a, it's in the, you know, we're going away, um, but oh, come on, man! If you're any Let's one go. of the Leicester players, or if you're Rogers, you can't. You have to like how we match up against these guys. You have to think man for man, and manager versus manager, we should have the edge here. For sure, for sure. Um, I, 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 this is this is this is a hell of a match for us guys because. W- uh, what a statement if we could get three points against these guys in a dominating fashion that uh, fuck, Lester might be waking up here and we all killed them too soon yeah like look I, 
we're still sitting in the relegation zone, right? So right. we are who of course. we are. We are where we are for a reason. So I'm not saying that we're entitled to three points. Every every game is going to be tough. That's just what I would tell the players, right? Like, okay, like you got to believe this. Right. You got to believe that you're better. You got to go out there and just not give them any any, any chance. And um, will, will will it turn out that way? Uh, we we'll have to see. But I I think there's no reason why we should show up there with with any other mindset right i i think too man like and sorry guys if you can hear this dog battle that's going on in my uh in my living room right now but we were babysitting a few dogs so it is quite the uh, menagerie in there um but apologies for that i think though that with a team like everton where it it always does seem and i feel like last year too we said the same the same thing where this is such a good game for us to prove who we really are as a club. Because, you know, when you're looking at a Man City that nobody in the world gave us a shot against, and again, I I don't want to be the moral victory guy here, guys. That's not me. But I also, if you've listened to this podcast a while, you know I'm not one to bullshit. And I would tell you right now, if that match made me feel terrible and I was in the dumps about this, that this team looks different like than the shit that we've watched at the beginning of the season. For whatever reason, it's clicking, and I, I feel pretty damn confident going into this Everton match. And, and dude, if we were able to just you know hang three points on them and, and get everybody boosting again another league match and then yeah like you said the Newport match I I, I think that it's, it's feeling good right now man yeah I'll, I'll take it and um you know if you offered me the last few weeks um after the just crap that we had seen pre-forest and said well you know you're gonna get this out of the next month I would rip your damn hand off for that yeah absolutely. so um you know even with Rodgers, even if at that yeah, time yeah. they would have said you're going to keep Rodgers, but this is going to happen. We all would have said it. So yeah, it's just the, the points are too precious right now. We 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 need the points. So um, yeah, it like seems like the 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 feeling is changing around the club, and and let's you know we we have a couple of of weeks to go before you know we we say goodbye to club football for a while. Um, so I think so I mean, we hope did. that everyone really wants to go out on a high note here. Same here. And, and yeah, everybody from the fans to the to backroom staff to the players, just let's keep the spirits high guys and, and build off of this momentum that we have going right now because things are going good. Um, how was your turn now, by the way, for the New York Foxes on Saturday? Did you guys, I know it was seven 30, which is an early one for you guys. Well, I actually wasn't there. All right, did so, he get the one who how Jordan do? So um yeah, none of the none of the, the Becker boys were there. So I gotta I still have I gotta check in with everyone and, and, and see if someone will send me a photo. I'll um, cut that. I'll cut but, that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, cool. Yeah. But yeah, um let me see. So Everton, Everton, um Okay, cool dude. Well, like yeah, let's get some points against Everton and yeah. and Literally next week, we're gonna. It's gonna be a really happy podcast. Yeah. So I think one thing, you know, just uh, a reminder to to the fans across the states that the clocks. Um, you might have noticed this weekend that the game times were a little funny. 
Uh, yeah, this is crazy, have, guys. Yeah, the clocks have already gone back in the UK, and ours don't go back until what this Saturday night. So um, the games are all an hour later. And oh, Ben, I can <laughs> already tell you, you're excited about this. So we're the, oh, we're yeah. the late game on Saturday against Everton, and we get an extra hour. Which is, I mean, that could not be any bigger for, so for the amazing, folks out in San Diego. So uh, <laughs> in New York, it'll be a, a 1.30 p.m. kickoff. So we are expecting a pretty good turnout um, here in New York. Hell yeah. Um, but can you believe this? You guys can sleep in till what time? 10.30? Bro, 10.30 kickoff for us is like a holiday. You know, we get those when they get the 8 p.m. matches in Lesta, we get the the noons. So those ones are are pretty rare for us and awesome. But we will rip your hand off for 1030. So, yeah, San Diego Fox is going to be sleeping in, hitting the snooze button a few times. Even don't have to worry about the flag politics at uh, Bluefoot. Who gets to hang their flag where with uh, the Newcastle and the Arsenal? It's it's going to be wonderful to show up and and be relaxed uh, as as a Leicester fan on the West Coast. So very happy about that. Philly Foxes, you guys should have a nice turnout the same. Everybody should reap the benefits of that uh, convenient kickoff time. So send in those photos. Show us how you guys were uh, celebrating. And uh, it's going to be freaking November. So we're we're interested in seeing uh, the cornucopia of friends that you guys pull together for your uh, U.S. Foxes events. Uh, anything yeah. else, my man, before, before we go? Yeah, man, I would just say like win, lose or draw on Saturday. All I want to see are just, uh, photos of, of, of last defense meeting up around the country. So make sure you do post those and use that, that genius hashtag that, that Matt came up with <laughs> us foxes so everyone can find it, you know, quickly and easily and, and share it. And so we want to share it. We want other people to know about what you all are doing, and we want more folks to show up and enjoy the parties with you. Yep. Never forget, guys, like those photos, they just, you know, it could be a rando in your city that's just perusing through there and sees that and gets inspired. And there you go. You got a new member of your uh, of your gang. So so keep sure. it up. Yeah. And at the very least, you know, um, you, you, you cheer us up and you make Matt and I feel really, really good. When we see we those did. photos. Yeah. So just do it for us. <laughs> Please. A little, little self-plug there. Well, cool, guys. Uh, with that being said, uh, thank you for joining us on another edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast. Things are looking good, gang. And um, I, long may it continue. We'll, 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 of course, check in next week with a full crew. We'll be back to normal video. We'll be on Twitter, so you'll have to see our ugly faces again. And we're looking forward to um, talking to you then. And uh, so, yeah, for Jason and myself, thank you for joining us in the U.S. Boxes Podcast. And we'll